the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From policy to culture, principles to politics, this is The Seth Liebson Show. Well, welcome back as we head into Hour 3. It's a delight to bring back one of my favorite people, David Reaboy. He is, um, you can follow him on Twitter. In fact, please do, at Dave Reaboy, one of the most active accounts. Uh, he spells his last name R E A. B-O-I, National Security, Media, and Political Warfare, like me, a fellow at the Claremont Institute. David, welcome back to the Airwaves of Phoenix. It's great to be with you. It's great to be with you. I want to get into what's going on with the transportation of illegal immigrants to Martha's Vineyard and the Naval Observatory, where our vice president lives and all that in a moment. But first, I've just got to. um, You have, uh, I think, I think since we last spoke acquired a new member of your family and i it's just it's adorable it's adorable tell us about miles oh well thank you uh look it took me 45 years to finally get get a dog (laughs) and uh and and you know i never really saw myself as a as a pet person but i've had it in the back of my mind and um and uh i just decided i saw a photo of him on Instagram with uh, from from the breeders account, and I said, "Okay, I've got to have him. That's it. There's just something connected with me very deeply in the photo, and it's really been a kind of life changing. Um, uh, it's been a life changing thing, which I'm sure all of you know you and, and yeah, it happened to me too. Dog owning yeah. audience will understand totally. That's what happened to me. Um, I'm just uh, Miles. Uh, what breed is Miles, after all? Miles is a miniature Bernadoodle. Yeah. So he's a Bernese mountain dog yeah. and a poodle mix. Has that wonderful um, Bernese coloring, right? That black and brown. Yeah. 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 And my sister got his brother who looks completely different. He looks, uh, you know, blonde and, and white. And, uh, their personalities are opposite too. Whereas, uh, the other, his, his brother is gregarious. Uh, Miles is a bit shy, yeah. but I think Miles is smarter. You want shy uh, because it lowers it lowers their energy levels just when you kind of need them to be lowered a little <laughs> bit. We got to get somehow a play date between the two, my Dagny and your Miles. I kind of have this vision of you. I, I hope you don't take this the wrong way. I have this vis- vision of you walking Miles, kind of like Mayor Lansky with his dog in Florida every morning. Just that I kind of have this. You're out in Florida, and I just have this vision yeah, of you walking Miles. I need. <laughs> I, I I need I need to get uh, I need to get a uh, a nice Hawaiian shirt yeah. and a big fat cigar yeah yeah and uh, and a hat and then and then it'll be uh, and then it'll be so last, and it'll be all good. Last yeah. thing is Miles named after Miles Davis. You know what it, he came with the name Miles, okay. and that was one another thing that I thought, oh man, this is perfect. Yeah, because I would have named him. Um, I would have named him Miles. He looks like a Miles. He looks like a Prince of Darkness. <laughs> I was at, I think, Miles Davis's last concert. I think. Um, wow. Yeah, you know, I'm more of a Maynard Ferguson fan, but you can't name mm-hmm. a dog 
female dog, Maynard. <laughs> so, anyway, Maynard taught Miles a breathing technique. Did you know that, Maynard Ferguson? My, Miles went to Maynard one day and said, I'm really having a hard time doing show after show. And Miles, uh, Maynard taught Miles uh, a little bit about uh, yoga and pranayama breathing that Miles credits Maynard for helping him out with. I didn't know if you knew that or if oh, I anyone did not cares. Know. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I did not know that. Isn't that fun? That must have been, yeah. Must have been in the late 50s, I'm thinking, mid-50s, late 50s. But in any event, uh, our graver business frowns on this levity, as Shakespeare said. But there is some levity in seeing the reaction to sanctuary cities complaining that illegal immigrants are now their problem, isn't there? Yeah, it's kind of delicious. Um, It's kind of uh, fun to see. Um, I do think that you know, is, is this a publicity stunt? I mean, it's mostly a publicity stunt because immediately the federal government will go and grab these <laughs> uh, uh, grab these illegal aliens who were um, who were who were, who were popped, uh, unceremoniously in in um, in Washington D.C. and in uh, Martha's Vineyard and relocate them to you know more quote unquote civilized places like red states. Uh, and, and red county, so as to tip the balance of uh, uh, of, of, of voters. Um, but so, I mean, they'll do that. But look, I mean, Ron DeSantis single-handedly moved the conversation back to the crisis on the border. Right. Right. And he did it very effectively. Um, he did it in a way that kind of shows that he is. Um, uh, you know that 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 he knows what the hot button issues are. Number one, and he really—I mean, forget about hot button or not. I mean, this is one of the most crucial issues that we're dealing with as a country. You know, Donald Trump very famously said, "If you don't have borders, you don't have a country," That's and right. we don't have a border. That's right. That's so, right. you know, so um, the Republicans, meanwhile, have been completely absent. In terms of messaging, uh, here we are two two months uh, before the election. Um, they think they can waltz in through the door um, in in um, in November without offering the um, without offering people a real contrast of what's going on. Basically, keeping their their heads down in the tall grass, um, hoping that the terrible state of the economy is enough to uh, to get them past the finish line. You and, know, um, yeah, go ahead. Go no, ahead. Go, no, and, and seeing somebody like Ron DeSantis saying, no, this is an issue that you will talk about. Yeah. And move the chess piece himself. Um, it just just shows that this is the kind of um, I mean, I think this is the kind of leadership that um, that the right has needed for a long time. And it also is a fantastic um uh, yeah, publicity stunt maybe comes with a pejorative, but there is a fabulous there is a fabul a fabulistic part to this, which is when the administration, whether it's the Department of Homeland Security Chair, uh, uh, Secretary Mayorkas, whether it's Karen Jean Pierre, whether it's Vice President Harris, saying the border is secure, you know that will tend to be the conventional wisdom because it's coming from quote unquote the man or authorities. This is a good way to show and expose the lie of that position, isn't it? This forces right. the media to cover it. Um, yes, that's, that's absolutely true. And think about what didn't happen. What didn't happen is uh, 
is is the media talking about some gas of DeSantis's right. that accompanies this? There is literally nothing else that they can talk about. Right. And I mean, I know Ron DeSantis. I know that Ron DeSantis understands very well that when the left is squealing in pain and they are outraged, that means they're losing. Yep. Yep. And all you see on Twitter, all you see on TV, I mean, you know, when they're comparing sending 50 illegals on a plane to Martha's Vineyard at Auschwitz, then you know they've lost the plot. You know they've, they've, they've gone completely insane. And, you know, and you're actually racking up points. Um, so, so this is what, I mean, this is what winning looks like. Yeah. And, um, yeah. I, no, well, I want to talk maybe in the next segment we can get into this a little bit more about Ron DeSantis generally, uh, because you're saying something that I agree with. But, you know, it's an interesting thing. It wasn't that long ago, uh, less than a year, when we were all just calmly and blithely and cavalierly supposed to be okay. With the Biden administration's flying illegal aliens in the cover of darkness, midnight, two in the morning, from, you know, Texas to Pennsylvania, Ohio, right? This was something the administration was doing in cover of darkness to hide the problem. And now we're just doing it without the cover of darkness. We're doing it in broad daylight and we're picking the cities. Um, Yes, that's correct. And... um you know, and, and, and kind of, you know, very significantly, this is all going in. Um, it's all going in his direction yep. with no stray fire. I yep. think it was a very disciplined, remarkably disciplined rollout. I agree on with the all part of, of the governor and his team. Yeah, let's talk about the governor because he is uh, continually impressive to me. Uh, and I think increasingly impressive to people that, you know, are getting to know him outside of Florida. And um, and 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 if you will, as yes, you're, you're in his state. You do know him. Uh, if you'll allow me to take a quick commercial break, I want to come back and just talk about some of the magic that is Ron DeSantis. Would that be OK? Of course. Thanks, David. David Reboy is our guest. Please follow him on the most active and really great Twitter account at Dave Reboy, D-A-V-E-R-E-A-B-O-I. As I go to break, I'll put in a, fr- a word for my friends at Y. Refi. If you're looking for a really remarkable investment opportunity, please check them out. They're offering a fixed no-load interest rate up to ten and a quarter percent return for investors, all in a collateralized and secure portfolio. A due diligence firm, Y Refi, is a bunch of investors doing really well by doing good, and you can be part of that. Check them out at investyrefi.com. The word invest, the letter Y, R E F Y dot com, or call them at eight five five three one six three zero eight seven eight five five three one six three zero eight seven. David and I will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Late Leibson Show. David Riavoy is our guest. Uh, Late Republic Nonsense is uh, the title of his um, Twitter account and uh, Substack, uh, Substack uh, page as well. David, you recently uh, started selling T-shirts that uh, said, what, do you know what time it is? Do I have that right? Uh, yes, I. Uh, well, I, I had. Do you know what time it is? But I, then I kind of changed it to I know what time. I it know is. what time it is. And and it's very funny because I was just at, at the National Conservatism Summit this yep. weekend, and and uh, uh, Kevin Roberts, the president of Heritage, 
pattern his whole speech after after this catchphrase of mine, um, and uh, and I just see people kind of saying it all the time, um, which I think is is great, and they don't have to give me credit, but. Um, uh, but I'm selling the T-shirts. If, tell if tell the audience. To, tell the audience where they can it. go to where they can go to get it. And, you, that to, you can go to my website, which is uh, Dave Raboy, uh, D-A-V-E-R-E-A-B-O-I uh, dot com, and sort of on the same um, on the same topic, I'm about to launch a um, a graphic design firm where I'll, I'll be doing. Um, uh, artwork. Oh, fantastic! Fantastic. And, uh, because at, at the end of the day, the politics is the politics is great. But um, I've done this type of work for you know on and off for the last twenty years, and I feel like uh, some of the most gratifying things that I get to do is make things that are beautiful and that people like. Well, so, you know, um, it's interesting. That is what the culture is about. So it sounds almost as if you came to politics from a cultural lens, whether it's music or art or design or fashion or food. I'm, ju- I'm just ass- ass- assessing, you know, what I know of you, Dave. And that's kind of something that Ron DeSantis has specialized in as well, hitting the cultural issues right on the mark. I- am I making am I making a, a fair an- a, an, a comparison there? Um, a little bit. I mean, yes, the, the cultural, I guess, cultural issues, broadly speaking, um, uh, I'm not sure how the cultural issues that he's hitting uh, relate exactly to art. No, no, um, I, but in, just in, in the sense that he's yes, hitting cultural I mean, I, issues. I, I, yeah. I, I get your point. Yeah. Sort of yeah. culture as, as, you know, quote unquote, things that don't fall into the politics bucket. Right. Right, right, right. Exactly right. Which is why I kind of was thinking about um, the governor and what you were saying. He's hit all these cultural rails that, you know, a lot of Republicans have been afraid to touch, particularly when it comes to protecting our children, particularly when it came to standing up to the to the covid uh, fascism, uh, if I might. And he has not made a mistake. I mean, this is what is so interesting. There are no gaffes. There are no missteps. He keeps hitting the hard issues, and he hits them out of the park each time. Yeah, I I, um, I agree. And I think it stems from, from the fact that, uh, I mean, I guess several years ago when he was first uh, running for governor, um, uh, Ron DeSantis appeared on Rush Limbaugh's show, and, and they talked. And, and I heard that interview, and DeSantis made clear that, you know, he was the ditto head. Mm-hmm. He was a regular listener for, you know, 20 years mm-hmm. uh, or more, um, 30 years. And what that showed me was that he is us. You know, he's part of the, the conservative base. Mm-hmm. Um, he is he, he comes from the same place and he shares our concerns. And I'll tell you, I know for a fact that he reads he reads our blog. Mm hmm. Um, the, the blogs that that a lot of us um, on the right uh, will read, mm-hmm. and um, that really kind of makes him an outlier when it comes to the to the political or let's say the politician class. A lot of these people, you know, the, the furthest right they go is to read the Wall Street Journal, maybe National Review, but they really turn up their nose at um, at the. Uh, you know, at, at Claremont Review of Books, Powerline, um, CRB, at, at American Mind, that kind of right. stuff. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I, I mean they they see 
they see where we live as the fever swamps. And, um, and that's why, I mean, that's a dynamic that really goes a long way in explaining why, um, why Republican politicians, especially those in leadership, uh, end up not doing the things we want. It's because they're not us. That's right. And they are hostile to us. So um, uh, Ron DeSantis, on the other hand, is us. So when you see him, uh, when you see him dealing with issues like trans kids or vaccine mandates or, 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 um, or things like that, I mean, that's not like, hey, I'm a politician. I'm going to jump on the hottest thing. That's, I mean, that's an issue of genuine concern yep. to him. Yep. Um, in the same way that it is to us. Yep. He's just the guy who's the governor, and he says this a lot. I'm just the guy sitting in the chair right. um, who has the job where I can do something about it. Yeah, he, he he understands the notion of we the people. You said something that gave me a thought I hadn't focused on in a while when you say he reads kind of the stuff we work in, uh, the, the areas we toil, your power lines, your CRBs, your American mind kind of, kind of outlets. It, David, am I right I'm in Phoenix. You're in Florida, so we're not in the Beltway, thank God. But, but we both know the Beltway. We both labored there too. Do you get the sense that those outlets, the ones that we like, the ones that Ron DeSantis likes, are on the um, on the up, uh, are on the rise, and institutions like National Review seem to be on the decline a little bit? Don't you think a little bit? Um, I think I think that's uh, I think that's definitely true. Um, I, I think it started under uh, started during the, the 2016 campaign, yep. and it's it's really um, uh, it's really kind of picked up, uh, you know, p- picked up steam. And um, maybe the same uh, the same amount of people will read those outlets, but I think there are a lot more people who are reading things like Breitbart and yep. The Federalist yep. and. And uh, increasingly newer outlets like the American Mind. Right. I mean, um, Claremont's American Mind is doing very well. There's always something um, excellent and provocative. And you know, um, outside the the Claremont universe, you have Compact, mm-hmm. uh, yep. which is a, a new magazine that yep. uh, that has been doing um, kind of exceptional work, putting together a, a heterodox mix of of folks on, let's say, the post right and the post left. Yeah, that's what time it is, isn't it, in a way? Uh, You know, I'm thinking about what you said about Ron DeSantis liking Rush Limbaugh's show. Uh, William Buckley liked Rush Limbaugh's show. Um, William Buckley famously said he'd rather be governed, you know, by the first 2,000 names in the phone book than the Harvard faculty. And Buckley passes on. They kind of lost that touch with the American people. The ability to walk with princes but keep the common touch, whereas this, I think, rising conservative movement that we're talking about, uh, American Mind, Compact, Breitbart, and that sort of thing, Ron DeSantis, they're on the up because they haven't ignored we, the people. Can I do one more segment with you maybe on that thought when we come right back? Is that possible? Absolutely. I'd love to. Thank you, David. David Raboy is our guest. I am Seth Liebson. Uh, let me put in a word for our sponsor, Balance of Nature, which I take every single day, and you can too, by going to balanceofnature.com. 100% natural, nothing added. Not a thing, not a color, not a sweetener, not a sugar, nothing. Splenda 16 whole fruits, 15 whole vegetables. Boost your energy, your health, your immunity. 
Best product I've ever taken. Balanceofnature.com. Make sure to use discount code BALANCE. Dave Raboy and I will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. We're talking to Dave Raboy at Late Republic Nonsense. Uh, you can uh, go to any number of his outlets, DaveRaboy.substack.com, his website, uh, David Raboy. Is it DaveRaboy.com? Sorry. And uh, you can also go, yeah, and also at his uh, at his Twitter page uh, at Dave Raboy. David, I was just making the point about, you know, one kind of conservatism heading through the outdoor and one kind of conservatism heading through the indoor. Um, I think of National Review as going out. Um, uh, Claremont, uh, Breitbart, uh, Compact, the things you've mentioned, Powerline, really on the rise. Um, and even institutions like Heritage, uh, from what I read at this conference you were at, the Heritage Foundation is trying to you know join you guys, join us guys at the hip now. Um, it's it's a new time, but I think it's because we haven't lost the common touch. I think it's because we understood what Donald Trump understood. I think it's because we understand and haven't forgotten that we're about we the people here. Is that fair? Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I think at the end of the day, it just, it's, it's just the issues that you're concerned with. Okay. I'm not even sure 100% if it's the precise um, positions that you take. Um, actually, you know what, maybe it is Maybe it is the position you take. But it stems from the fact that, let's be honest, um, the institutional Republican beltway think tank, uh, traditional fusionist neoconservative uh, point of view at the end of the day was uh, laissez-faire, when it, completely laissez-faire when it comes to economics, and sort of neutral in the culture wars in terms of the role of government. And um, one of the great things that, for example, Governor DeSantis delivered a speech at NatCon, which was which was excellent, and, and I, 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 uh, I suggest that your listeners uh, check it out. It's on YouTube, where he said uh, kind of very pointedly that the era, I mean, he didn't use these words, but he said that the era of zombie Reaganism is over. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Me- meaning that, um, meaning that Reagan's lessons were wonderful for the time in which, for the time and the context in which he, um, uh, in, in which he existed. But right now, especially when it comes to big tech, Especially when it comes to big tech and, and, and our ability as, as citizens to communicate on issues of concern when it comes to politics or really anything. Hmm. Um, the fact that uh, there is no government role and the people who get to decide how people interact and speak and think and, and know things um, are large, unaccountable um, uh, 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 multinational corporations yeah. i mean that's just as bad as government right. i mean that's a fundamentally uh that's a fundamental shift mm-hmm. in um in in the reality and just sticking to dogma and saying well government is bad government has no place in doing anything it's my uh, it's a private corporation etc well these people um will you know will dogma themselves out of the ability to communicate uh, completely. 
I agree and, with um, that. I agree with that, and I think it's in part because the corporations and the private uh, the private uh, parts of this economy have changed a little, too, in a sense. I mean, we used to have American corporations, and when you think of great American iconographic companies, Coca-Cola, what have you, these are not American corporations anymore, one. Two, they're happy to side with the socialist left on almost every cultural issue. And three, the media has changed, too. The media used to hold the government accountable. Now sees its role as kind of defending at least uh, the government when it comes to, you know, one party. That's right. And uh, so that was a very significant uh, thing to say. The other thing that he said that was also very significant that I think should have more should have raised more eyebrows is um, he said, look, everybody talks about illegal immigration, but at a certain point, legal immigration can be too much as well. Yep. Yep. And nobody will say this. And you see people who are on the sort of establishment right, um, personified by Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley is always talking about the wonderful immigrants. Yeah. And what that is, is that, yes, of course, everyone loves immigrants who come to the United States and, uh, and, you know, from, from, uh, from tyrannies, and they really appreciate the freedom that we have, and they love the country, and yes, that's great. But when you exclusively talk about that, what you're doing is is you're doing a kind of avoidance. Yep. You're avoiding dealing with the larger issue, which is, okay, how many? Yep. And I'm always pressing people when they want to talk about the wonderful H-1B visas or, um, or, or legal immigration or any of this. It's very it's 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 a lot of fun just to 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 virtue signal and and, and talk about how how you like um, legal immigration. Okay, let's let's get into numbers. How much is too much? Is there too much? Mm-hmm. And I think the um, the kind of libertarian slash uh, neoconservative beltway uh, class, when you really press them on it, they're going to say there's there are no limits. They're going to say. Any number is fine, and um, and we out in what uh, Angelo Cotavilla would call the country class yeah. um, look at that, and we say, "Wait a minute, that is completely illogical and insane." At some point, um, at, at some point, there has there has to be an end to it because there is only so much um, immigration that any uh, polity can accept before the, the the essential character of the place is totally gone. David, I only have a minute left, minute and a half left. Would it also be fair to say, when I hear Nikki Haley talk about the importance of immigration so much nonstop, it almost gets to a point where you think you, you start to think, wait a minute, can we talk? It, it seems to almost be at the expense of America, in a sense. Why are we not talking about America and Americans? Why are we so fetishizing people from other countries and with really actually no plan or interest in even integrating them into what we call America or American values? There's some of that there, too, isn't there? Look, I, th- I think so. Absolutely. Every time I see I see Nikki Haley say things like this, it's just it just it, it kind of makes me crazy because um, it's like the only time that you can talk about how wonderful America is and how wonderful Americans are is if they are um, not Americans. 
you know, they are not actually yeah, Americans. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. That's that's kind of the thing that I think is the resentment that uh, that beats under under the belly of all this. Well, Dave, uh, you know, it's always so great catching up with you, brother. I thank you for your time, your fun, your scholarship, your cultural edification, and uh, we'll send people over to uh, DaveRealBoy.com. And uh, until next time, keep us posted on Miles's development there, buddy. For sure. It's always a pleasure. Thank you, Dave. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, portions of which are brought to you by the Midas Gold Group, the veteran-owned Midas Gold Group. Gold has been used as money for nearly 3,000 years, and today it remains a common-sense investment that's simple and straightforward, especially as gold traditionally holds its value when economies fail and fall, as ours is doing right now. We're urging you to check out the Midas Gold Group, talk with them about looking at gold or other precious metals to protect your investments, your savings, your future. Seb Gorka and I, thousands of you, already own precious metals from Midas Gold Group. You can check them out at MidasGoldGroup.com. That's MidasGoldGroup.com. Or give them a call at 480-360-3000. 480-360-3000 to talk to them about the potential of using gold and precious metals to secure your savings and future. David and I were talking a little bit about, and I guess Ron DeSantis mentioned, uh, that the dogma, he didn't say it this way, I, I'm using a Lincolnian phrase, the dogmas of the past in our movement uh, that were so well represented by Ronald Reagan are not that applicable to conservatism anymore. You see this in a lot of the new conservative writings, warmed over Reaganism, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, is no longer applicable. I'm not quite in that camp. But then again, I don't think they're talking about me when they're talking about that. Uh, right. If all you reduce Reagan down to is government is the problem and not the solution, um, I get that. I certainly get that. But when I think of Reagan, I think of Reaganism. And when I think of Reaganism, I think about the entirety, really, of the modern conservative movement that began in the 1950s with William Buckley and National Review. George Will put it this way. George Will, who has indeed excused himself from, from, from modern conservatism, but he once put it this way, and he was right to have done so. No William Buckley, no National Review, no National Review, no Barry Goldwater, no Barry Goldwater, no Ronald Reagan. And they all represented the same thread and the same bridge. Reagan did speak more than about government just being the problem. He said it was the problem because it was the blueprint for socialism and even worse. If you look at the founding credenda of National Review, which meant so much to both Barry Goldwater, Barry Goldwater and Ronald Reagan. We get into this, and Chris uh, Buskirk and I do, in our book, American Greatness, still available for sale, uh, American Greatness by me and Chris. We get into this quite a bit. Um, the growth of government, William Buckley wrote in his um, credenda in the first issue of National Review, the growth of government must be fought relentlessly. 
I still believe that. Reagan believed that. The century's most blatant force of satanic utopianism is communism, Buckley wrote. We consider coexistence with communism neither desirable nor nor possible nor honorable. We find ourselves irrevocably at war with communism and shall oppose any substitute for victory. Uh, I believe that still. I believe it's coming back. Reagan put a stake in its heart, but not evidently enough stakes, and the heart was bigger than we thought. Buckley went on. The largest cultural menace in America is the conformity of the intellectual cliques, which in education as well as the arts are out to impose upon the nation their modest fads and fallacies and have nearly succeeded in doing so. Yes, Reagan accepted that. Goldwater did. I still do. And then finally, in the credenda of William Buckley's, no superstition has more effectively bewitched America's liberal elites than the fashionable concepts of world government, the United Nations, internationalism, international atomic pools, etc., Isn't this also what we're still fighting when it comes to international organizations from Davos to the WHO to the United Nations? Of course, it's still relevant. The right parts of Reagan are still very much relevant. You can't reduce him to just the avuncular, grandfatherly, kind man. You have to take Reagan in the totality of what he stood for, and then you will find, I believe— The relevance couldn't be more present. I'm Seth. We'll be right back. Thank you for spending some of your afternoon with us, having uh, given just a little bit of some uh, historical perspective on not throwing Reagan out with the bathwater just yet. I think it's worth pointing out that um, Reagan did shift his rhetoric um, in tone, if not, let me rephrase that, did shift his rhetoric in tone, but not in substance. If you look at his tone in the 60s and the 70s, it was right for that time. In the 80s, you know, with the mantle of the presidency on him, the views were there. Go read his evil empire speech. Read the Berlin Wall speech. Read any of his speeches as president. You will delight in them. But it's something like this from the 60s. It's this kind of tone that I really like the best. When I first suggested the danger of government control inherent in so many federal handouts, there were people who denied vehemently that every, any such thing could ever take place. And yet, before too long, the same people were saying, what's wrong with government control? And in the recent days, we've heard representatives in the higher echelons of government ask us, well, are you afraid of your own government? Well, to tell you the truth, I am. And all of us should be. And I speak not in a partisan sense of an administration or individuals. I'm talking of the institution of government. Wasn't this the admonition of the founding fathers that government tends to grow, to take on power, until freedom eventually is lost? The fact is, and we can't escape it, only government is capable of tyranny. Exactly right. Exactly right. And we're seeing it again now. Why we think that's outdated or outmoded, I don't know. I need to be taught more on that if I'm wrong. I don't think I am. 
But God bless you all. And until tomorrow, thank you for spending some of your afternoon with us. I'm Seth Liebson, and class is dismissed. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.